Welcome to Driving the Future, a podcast by Capgemini. In this podcast, we discuss where the automotive industry is going and how automakers cannot just keep up with the rapidly changing business, but to shape it. In this episode, we're looking at how software development is accelerating the automotive industry, from in-car experiences to autonomous driving to car design and ultimately manufacturing. As the industry turns to being more software-focused, the prominence of artificial intelligence and other integrated connected services is being used to take a leading position, if used correctly. When we talk about innovation today in automotive, we talk about software. When we talk about software, we talk about talent and we talk about the competition we have in this field with other industries and other stakeholders. That's Alexandre Audouin, the executive vice president and head of automotive at Capgemini. Alexandre is a lifelong automotive enthusiast who leads the Capgemini Group automotive practice. This role brings together his strengths in engineering, consulting, digital, and data to help the world's leading automotive OEMs embrace digital transformation to accelerate the arrival of sustainable mobility to get the future they want and deserve. And in this episode, Alexandre is joined by Yannick Reynaud. Even if we are producing for entry-level car, it's a competition between the actors. It's a competition between the suppliers and their partners. It's an industry that changes all the time. And this is why we have so much patience in this industry. Yannick Renault is the group scientific director at Plastic Omnium. As the automotive industry continues to transform and broaden to include mobility services, Yannick has been tasked with accompanying the group transformation, increasing collaborations with laboratories, SMEs, and all other technology partners. He's also establishing new technological partnerships together with all divisions of the Plastic Omnium Group. A lot of challenge for the uh, automotive industry in this post-pandemic area. I believe that um, we all seen the disruption and the change in the supply chain. We have new actors that are really vertically integrated. We have even worse, or let's say worldwide competitions, so or more and more competitors, uh, which are very, very fast. And so what's matter now is how we can bring good product, good innovation quickly on the market in order to keep our shares as suppliers of hearts, suppliers of systems, and supplier of innovation. And here the strategy might be the, the, the key. When I mean strategy is to align with a more sustainability, safer, and a unique product. For this uniqueness, we have the chance to use a software, software defined vehicle area are now opening a lot of opportunities. Also, new regulations. We are transforming the new regulations into opportunities and not constraints. Uh, the battery passport, for instance, uh, will be something that we will discuss today. I think it's a great opportunity to develop services on top of just delivering parts. When it comes to challenges, automotive companies have a mindset of developing product and services over months and years. With the pace of the change taking place in technology today, this needs to be much, much quicker. Mindset is one thing. Having access to the right talent and skills is the next challenge. This is where it makes sense to have access to trusted partners to work actually in an ecosystem and to have partners that they help you to innovate, either by identifying the right opportunities for the new product and services or to help you to execute your own ideas, even to help you to maintain your existing product and services. Partnership plays a key role in helping companies 
ideate and implement at the pace that is required today. We have many examples of this at Capgemini with our clients. Technologies, such as artificial intelligence, are accelerating innovation with the automotive industry at a rapid pace. I wanted to know more about Alexandra and Yannick's experience with this tech, and if there are any concerns which could also be seen as an opportunity to explore new business areas. Yannick explains. At Plasticomium, we've been using machine learning for quite a long time, not in the design page, but really in the process. We have quite a diverse type of product from safety features like fuel tank to more external body parts where the, the look and feel and the external shape should be really perfect. And so we have been using computer vision and machine learning uh, quite extensively. But to bounce back on what Alexandre was saying, yes, it's true that now Gen AI is gaining our R&D department. And it's more to augment and upskill our people or to, to focus our engineers on real added value. For instance, we have some, uh, some partnership beyond Capgemini also with other players of the ecosystem in order to automate uh, for a functional given volumes how many cells uh, we can put in these volumes. And so there are automatic design which is generated in order for the engineer to select between three or four best type of configuration. And this is about going fast, going fast to the best solution and avoiding a late uh, iteration. So this is really what we want to, to achieve with a Gen AI coming to R&D department. But on top of this, Plasticomium has developed in-house software house, which is called OpenSoft. And within this software house, we are generating uh, software uh, for the automotive industry, AutoZar-based. Uh, but with our partner, Capgemini, we need, of course, to deliver something which is secure, uh, cyber secure, which is well documented. And for instance, on that point, the documentation, it could be easily completed or uh, drafted by Gen AI, and then our software architect would just have to, to put the additional added value he wants to bring in. Yeah, about technology to speed up innovation, uh, there is a famous trend as of today, which is AI or Gen AI. So we see at Capgemini AI for accelerating the development times or to enhance the in-car experience. So, of course, there are some uh, interesting use cases within the car design and manufacturing. We know that AI and digital twins can help to dramatically increase the speed of development and testing, and for sure to reduce the time uh, to be uh, ready for the start of production. One of the more interesting ways and uh, one of the key area is the area of the in-car infotainment. Indeed, what we see some brands are already doing in this area of AI-driven personal assistant or companions. You can imagine an experience where the car, or rather the avatar, is able to handle simple requests via voice commands, but also use sensors to detect driver tiredness or mood and adjust, for example, the cockpit experience. I like the temperature, the music, or the light in the car, to help the driver finally to feel good in the car. This is interesting because it has a really strong potential to strengthen the connection between driver and automotive brand, which can lead to stronger loyalty and opportunities to sell additional services. We see examples of AI being used to enhance in-car experiences today already. This is at the heart of BMW's D-concept. Mercedes-Benz has integrated the use of ChatGPT in their car, and many Chinese brands offer quite advanced AI assistance, although we don't really know how well they will resonate with customers outside of China yet. 
we need to train our people and how to make the best use of these new type of tools. We really need to avoid biases, bias in the usage, bias in the learning. And so the quality of how to use is key. It's going to be through investing on our people in trainings, really. The additional point we are all fearing, I, I believe, in the automotive industry is about the IP, how to protect my IP. Uh, we are speaking about open AI and open is something that the, uh, the automotive play does not really like. So we really need with our partner and within Plasticomium to be able to put in place a secure development cluster, I would say. We need to, to put inside our design rules, our experience, know-how, uh, but we don't want this to be leaked on the uh, on the internet. In the same time, we want to use all the uh, latest generation and development which are provided by the ecosystem and the openness of uh, OpenAI and, and other players. So that's why we are relying on Capgemini and their their expertise in order to, uh, to be sure that we get the best setup of tooling to, to develop this. Again, what I said, we will start with them working on, on software development for the embedded software for the automotive application. Uh, but really, our management will like to expand this AI used to uh, all the support function. Uh, it could be finance, it could be HR. There is here a new area which is coming. But the key words uh, I would like to share with you here is we are not going to trust machine and we are not going to take as granted what the computer is going to say. We really need to keep control and to put human intelligence first. So for us, we really do not intend to replace people. We just intend to augment them. They get 20% more capacity, could be pace, it could be more tasks achieved, less annoying tasks. This is what, uh, what we, we are targeting in order to, to keep our talent and to foster new innovation in lighting, in hydrogen application, in battery systems, or even other applications. Yeah, so about the concern uh, coming from AI, so or coming from the software openness, as with any new technology, with new opportunities comes new risk. So as vehicles and mobility services become more dependent on software, theoretically becomes more exposed to cybersecurity threats. So this is an area where AI can be deployed to test security at scale and simulate various different types of attacks. So it's also an opportunity. Sustainability within the automotive industry is a huge topic, and clients and customers expect sustainable targets to be taken seriously. I asked Alexandra what could be done to ensure the industry has a positive environmental impact. Obviously, sustainability is very, very important. And it's interesting the industry understands that sustainability is incredibly important globally. It's, it's important not only because of the regulation that are coming into effect, but also because we know that customer and talent expect that the automotive brand that choose take sustainability seriously. And yet, unfortunately, we see in two separate Capgemini research reports that sustainability initiatives have stalled somewhat and are not receiving as much attention as they deserve. Software and data can play a big role in accelerating progress towards sustainability. Through AI and the use of data, the environmental impact of the supply chain operation, logistics and manufacturing can be reduced. Better access to data and data analytics capabilities will play a key role in managing reporting and improving environmental impact. In car software, sensor and data analysis will help driver drive in a way that minimizes environmental impact. The last but not the least, digital twins 
de the time data, AI can play an important role in developing and virtually testing and simulating battery performance, enabling a faster uptake of electric mobility and more efficient use of finite resources. Somehow, I'm convinced that technology will support our stakes for a more sustainable mobility. Really, the industry, metaverse, and how to virtually test several scenarios from the supply chain to the production and to manage the, the scarcity of some uh, resource, how to optimize the uh, energy consumption uh, while we are producing our, our parts. I think it's, uh, it's key. And thanks to these new tools and techniques, uh, we can test much more scenario in a really safe way, taking the best of it as an uh, optimization. Uh, back to the sustainability question, we, we do have a complete plan for the the free scopes in order to reach our net zero. As you say, it could be about our processes, about our factories. Uh, it could be also about our products. We are well engaged into going to hydrogen for uh, EV duty mobility. And we really need to look at the complete picture, at the complete uh, ecosystem. We cannot work on one solution for the automotive without looking at the infrastructure. I mean, for recharge, optimization of the charging, when you need charging, and uh, if everybody plugs at 7 p.m., you know this story, then we, we are down on the on the grid. So it's all about communication, as you said, Alexandre. It's all about the ecosystem, and I think we cannot succeed alone. We need some, some partners from the communication to the data center in order to address it globally. And that we have a look on each step of the sustainability and, and the usage. Because when we ask a question on ChatGPT, if it's going to consume one liter of water to cool down the NVIDIA processor, then we have an issue at the end of the day. So we really need to have the big picture, take everything into account in order to take the right decision. We know electrification has a huge part to play in the future of sustainable mobility and transport. But what role can software play in accelerating the development and production of battery cells? Alexandra and Yannick elaborate on why investing in this sector is so important for the automotive industry. Yes, yeah, simulation and testing of, of the battery cells. So I'm proud to say that we have a virtual battery design capability within our Capgemini engineering organization. It's based in Germany and uh, we work in partnership with top German academic institution to virtualize and uh, use AI to understand, modelize, and simulate the physical properties of battery cells. By doing this, we help our clients reducing their effort and their investment, and we help the client to accelerate the development process and create and to master the boundary condition and, and conduct uh, sensitivity analysis to increase the forecast quality. In this way, we are really advancing Europe's battery industry and helping our clients speed up the uptake of the electric mobility. Let me continue on this, if you may, uh, Alexandre. The division e-power of uh, Plasticomium is delivering battery to the industry from 48 volts to much higher voltage and also the, the EV duty industry together uh, with our fuel cell or a standalone. So testing about battery management system, how to reuse cells, how to balance aged cells with brand new cells is really a key, uh, a key issue where the technology, the modeling and the testing uh, will play a key, a key role. So yes, we, we are really investing into digital twin 
for product in order to, to feed the database from the early testing in the R&D, then again on, on car testing to gather all the data of the battery management system uh, while we are in pre-series and pre-running. And of course, in-use, because it's really in-use uh, that we will be able to monitor what will be the, the aging and the remaining capacity of the of the battery. And on that point, on that same point, over-the-air update could also be a key enabler in order to, to have longer usage of the battery. And again, back to the previous question, uh, give more sustainability because we do not replace too early, but we can replace uh, later. Or we can also develop services uh, with what is the real remaining value of the battery in the vehicle. Today, when you purchase a second-hand car, you don't know what is the state of the ICE engine, if the guy is really accelerating when the uh, oil is still cold. But with a digital twin, everything can be recorded. And I do agree with Alexandre. Some regulation turn out to be some good opportunities for us in order to put in place such a type of uh, technology and improve the product, improve the sustainability, develop new, new service for the better of the planet and the ease of use for the end user. As we explored in our previous episode, the software-driven transformation is changing customer expectations and providing us with new means to reach sustainability goals. I asked Alexandra what the software-driven transformation of the automotive industry means for how companies attract and retain tech talent. As Yannick mentioned, talent is a key question for every automotive company. There is a saying that every company is now a software company. This is true in automotive, but it's not as simple as just going out and hiring your own uh, software engineer and procuring software development services. You need to consider the culture, the mindset, your organizational structure. Somehow there are several options to consider. Hire all new staff, try to reskill the existing staff. Enter into partnership, working in an ecosystem with new or existing vendors and create maybe new entities and still to continue to proceed and to perform your, your legacy because somehow you need also to continue to perform your legacy. So you need to take decision about which approaches to take, which platform to choose and more. And then you have to think about whether your existing culture is relevant and appealing that you're seeking to hire or if you need to have a, a stronger partnership and ecosystem. And that in this, in this mindset that we work with Plasticomium, by the way. Exactly, Alexandre. It's a challenge to attract talent on a worldwide basis because we are opening our software house, uh, which is now working on 12 different sites around the globe and uh, running with 150 people. And we have a target to reach 250 people. It's not just hiring offers. Uh, you're completely right. We need to offer them the best development plan, the best tools, and the best opportunity to change the world. I mean, I think young people, young talents are taking care about their working conditions and what do they do, how it will impact the planet more and more. So giving them some training on agile, continuous integration, continuous development, again, to be faster in producing better sustainability systems or, or solutions is a key. What we want to offer them within our software house is the possibility to switch between the different division and the different products. I think it's key to stay alert and to say, oh, okay, tomorrow I could work on, uh, on this hydrogen system or the day after tomorrow, I would work on a battery system or maybe a lighting system for uh, more safety and intercommunication uh, with the uh, pedestrian, the cyclist, and, uh, and so on. 
But again, we think the HR support is key. Upskilling qualification are mandatory. We were speaking about how to use AI, how to avoid bias. This is a key part of the training and the upskilling. And also, we need to stay alert. As I say, we need to stay open. We need to open partnership and to take the, the better of it, whether it comes from Mexico, whether it comes from India, whether it comes from China. Uh, I know, uh, Alex, you have a, quite a big team in, in India, and I would like to hear about how you integrate such a diversity of people. So the diversity of how do we integrate that? I think, first of all, you need to have a large coverage to make sure that you will retain talent. You need to have labs because, you know, automotive is also a question of passion. So, so you need to have lab also to promote the teams to bring their own innovation. So that's first the scale. Second, to bring them in a, in a discussion about innovation to bring the progress here. Truly agree. And when we see uh, what's happening on the Chinese market, uh, when they, they are putting new technology or new innovation very fast on, on the new player or the traditional player, maybe you have a, a fancy display on a bumper where you can get shocks. We from Europe are asking, but why do we see this in the, in the Shanghai Auto Show? That's very nice looking, but that's not really functional and that's going to be a need for repair at that place. But China has a chance to be, to be able to make this test and they are not afraid. They are not over-engineering as maybe we, we, are, we are doing in the, in the old Europe to complete what you said. I think to have the overview of what's happening in the new players, Tesla, Rivian, and, and so on in, in the US, or Lucid, of course, and uh, what's uh, happening in China is key for us to develop the best product and to stay uh, at the edge of the technology and at the edge of the, of the offering. Also, of course, not only about product, but of course about services and uh, digitalization of the human-to-machine interface and how we interact. This was your first First entry on the topic, Alexander, and I think it's it's clear that uh, the human-to-machine interaction also have a lot as an evolution potential. 100% agree, uh, Yannick. So there are different expectations in each market from a customer point of view. As you say, the Chinese uh, UI will be very different to the one designed for European and North American users. When it comes to the software topics and how to strengthen the organization to make sure that they can uh, have the right approaches towards this, this new challenge. It's very interesting to see from a talent perspective how those organizations will bring talent in their organization. So we see the example of Cariad, which is the software arm of the VW group. They have various different regional offices in North America, Europe, China, and which means that they are well equipped to cater to local markets somehow. We have seen also Volvo uh, opening a software hubs in Poland, and I expect to see much more action, as you said, in India. So what is important here is when we talk about innovation today in automotive, we talk about software. When we talk about software, we talk about talent and we talk about the competition we have in this field with other industries and other stakeholders uh, coming from telecom, coming from media, coming from everywhere in the, in the planet and to open and to move the legacy towards new country and new talent in the world is key. One additional comment on that point, software is doing a lot of things, but software is 
alone is doing nothing. Software is always relying on some hardware, some sensors, some actuators. And you were mentioning previously to the fact that we are can give to your, your employees some labs, some innovations, and yet completely agree. In China, we have a, a testing ground, a, a giant proving ground, I believe, to test a new uh, new idea, which is which is good. When I go to look at the product we have in Plasticomium for, for lighting, uh, when we are speaking about OLED, mini LED, various type of display, flexible LED, of course, then everything also is related to hardware. And the software will only serve in order to improve this hardware and to control it. So to have somehow in each part of the world an ecosystem of innovators with the software team close by enable a fast time to market or increase of the TRL level, uh, technical readiness level for, for really innovation coming out of the lab in order to, to bring them to automotive standards and to have them in the road tomorrow morning. Yeah, actually, you're preaching to a convinced person. So you know me. Uh, so of, of course, you're right. Software is just a, a way to manage and to to move data. Huh? So without hardware, you have nothing. So that's that's fairly true. Yeah. In the rapidly developing automotive industry, I was curious to find out what Yannick and Alexandre expected the major changes in automotive design to be in the next five years. For us, new technology, new innovation need to be safe. So I would say safety first, that when we bring hydrogen, when we bring a new battery chemistry on the market, we are ready to use without any possible drift in terms of, of quality and, and safety. So safer, it's about the, the, the product, the way uh, we are engineering the, the product, all the regulation standards uh, we are complying with. Uh, it will be also greener, as we said, and unique in order to differentiate. I believe that our colleagues, the, the OEM, are uh, requesting a really unique solution in term of lighting integration, of a term of um, management of the thermal of the battery or the fuel cell, and what we can do in terms of morphing of these uh, surfaces uh, to let air in or out is a key, and of course connected. What we see as a new technology in the in the coming five years would certainly come from sensors, quantum sensing. It's really going to change the deal in terms of getting uh, accurate accelerometer, accurate positioning in a very, very small and compact uh, way. Uh, so it will uh, enable a quite different integration. Still a lot of work to be done on this uh, quantum sensing, but it's really uh, promising. And as we say, we started with this, it's a competition. Even if we are producing for entry-level car, it's a competition between the actors, it's a competition between the suppliers and their partners. And uh, every year, it's a new challenge and it's an industry that changes all the time with new technology. And this is why we have so much patience in this industry. As Yannick said, safety and trust are key. We'll see more progress towards autonomous driving and I'm confident that it has not to be neglected somehow. Also, the personalization of a car will go beyond, you know, the infotainment system and the screen we have in the car. It will, as Yannick said, it will be also uh, on the body of the car, which is quite nice. I'm also interested to see whether car makers will move towards open or common standards when uh, came the question of the software-driven transformation, software-driven vehicle, and to work in an ecosystem. It's starting, but it has to continue. And when it comes to sustainability, two topics. I hope that the sharing of data will give us new perspective. 
And there is also the potential to reduce some of the exposure of the supply chain turbulence. And I also expect to see many more micro vehicles, the type that enable quick, convenient emission-free mobility without the hassle of driving a big SUV. So somehow uh, this is good for sustainability. To address completely the challenge and maybe to optimize uh, really our systems, we really need to look at the complete ecosystem, the complete infrastructure, including the, the politics. If we don't have this 360 degree view on the complete system, we can act only on the local part and not finding the global optimum. So we really need to engage all the ecosystem, all the partners in that change. You mentioned sharing data. Yes, completely true. There are maybe some regulation about standards of communication also and to have the politics engaged. But really, it will be with partner. Plasticomium and Capgemini are partnering. It will be with additional one like Microsoft, for instance, that we will succeed to bring a really disruptive solution or if they are, even if they are not uh, disruptive, a really optimized solution. The key takeaway I would like also to keep from our exchange to this morning, Alexandre, is about people. Humans are in the middle of this transformation. Our engineers are not going to be replaced by OpenAI. They will be augmented by it, and we need to keep control on this. And as you said, trusted, and the trust in the automotive industry is key for long-term partnership and profitable business. I'm not worried about the negative impact of GenAI uh, on our engineering uh, engineer set. Totally uh, aligned with you that it will help them to go further and to improve the methodology and to have a, I would say, faster development. The opportunity to shape the automotive industry is very prevalent. And in this episode, we've heard how every automotive organization will have to make some key decisions for the future around their own culture, mindset, and organizational structure as they proceed to adopt tech innovations. They really have to think about the working environments they offer across the world, offering the best development plan to young talent, and really show what their collective impact has upon the world we all live in. Developments in sustainability tech, battery simulation, and artificial simulation are also helping to propel the automotive industry into a very exciting future. Thank you to our guests, Alexandra Adouan and Yannick Reynaud, and thank you too for listening to this episode of Driving the Future by Capgemini. See you next time.